When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we discuss the protective trauma response of perfectionism. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and today we are going to be talking about perfectionism and the protective output of perfectionism, which is a protective trauma response. And these trauma responses of perfectionism really do have a lot of real health consequences, But before we get to that, everyone, if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page, and there you can read all of our instructions. And either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Guest Form and press the Submit button. And please do send it in the format that we ask for. So today, as I mentioned, we're going to be discussing perfectionism, and we've mentioned perfectionism on the show before that is often celebrated as something to be proud of. You hear people, families, and society, you know, wearing perfectionism like a badge of honor, and often we are rewarded for perfectionistic traits. So a reason why I wanted to do perfectionism is we hear perfectionism a lot on the show. Uh, A lot of people that have gone through childhood trauma, they develop perfectionism and it hinders them throughout their whole entire life. And as well, things can get compounded uh, with perfectionism and then having to deal with abuse as well. And, you know, things can really uh, spiral from there. So I thought this would be an interesting episode for people to hear and maybe resonate with what's being said and maybe, you know, start to look at their own perfectionism and start to deal with it. And during my research of doing this, it started to make me look at myself as well and and uh, take some notes and um, start to figure things out uh, for myself as well. So what is perfectionism? And perfectionism in psychology is a broad personality trait characterized by a person's concern with striving for flawlessness and perfection, and it's accompanied by this real critical self-evaluation and also concerns regarding others' 
evaluations or judgments of you too. And a maladaptive perfectionism drives people to be concerned with achieving unattainable ideals or unrealistic goals that often lead to many health issues such as depression, anxiety, OCD, eating disorders, body image disorders, personality disorders, and low self-esteem and self-worth. And these problems can also lead to suicidal thoughts and tendencies too. So perfectionists measure their self-worth by productivity, the way they look and accomplishments to the point that some tendencies even lead to distractions from other areas of their life. And perfectionists pressure themselves to achieve unrealistic goals that inevitably lead to disappointment. And perfectionists tend to be very, very, very harsh critics on themselves, their work, and their real failure to meet their own expectations. And sometimes those expectations are what are put into them by their, their family, by society. You know, society can have a big play here on perfectionism uh, as well, not just, you know, your, your childhood uh, family. So then we hear a lot, like, what is the difference between being a perfectionist and just trying to be good at something? And some people call just being good at something excellence. So how do I determine if I'm just trying to be good or, or excellent at something versus being a perfectionist at something? So excellence is doing something and being confident at it. You know, you're, you aren't doubting yourself. If you're doubting yourself, then you might have some perfectionist tendencies. You know, when you're dealing with someone who's trying to be good or, or excellent at something, excellent, like you take risks and are okay with it. And with perfectionists and perfectionism, you know, you have fear. Fear is, in, is involved. And sometimes you might try to play things safer because of perfectionism. You don't want to deviate from, you know, certain things because there is that fear that is involved. With excellence, when you're trying to be good at something, you feel good about yourself. With perfectionism, you might feel angry, you might feel frustrated as well in whatever you're doing. It's kind of like with excellence, you're enjoying the process of what's going on. And in perfectionism, you're trying to get to a goal and you're not enjoying the process that's happening in between. And also when it comes to excellence, it's okay if you fail or you are wrong, you know, you're trying to be good at something. So you're learning with perfectionism. A lot of the time you need to be right. Figuring things out and failing along the way might not fit when it comes to perfectionism. With someone who's trying to be good at something or trying to be excellent at something, you accept the outcome where with perfectionism, no matter what the outcome is, you're going to judge that outcome and usually harshly. And with excellence, there is more spontaneity of, of what's going on. And with perfectionism, you're trying to control something. So it's kind of like a freedom to do something in excellence to get to where you're trying to go. With perfectionism, you're really trying to control things along the way. And the last thing here on my list when it comes to excellence or trying to be good at something compared to perfectionism, with excellence, you feel loose, you know, you're, you're in the process, you're feeling loose. And with perfectionism, 
you're just feeling a constant pressure because you obviously want to be right. You want this thing to work. You know, there's just pressure that is on you. So when it comes to perfectionism, where does it come from? And what are the three types? So perfectionism is linked to adverse childhood experiences, developmental trauma, complex trauma growing up. And research says that there are three types of perfectionism. They're self-oriented, socially prescribed, and other-oriented perfectionism. So self-oriented is that inner critic voice that you have. A lot of us have this voice. It's that voice inside you that's putting yourself into these really high standards and high expect expectations of yourself. And, you know, I'll mention uh, further along, but sometimes that voice, it's your voice, but it's, you know, probably the voice of your parents, society, things like that. It's not really your voice and you're trying to hopefully one day reprogram that voice. Then there's socially prescribed, which is when you believe you have to appear perfect externally, that you have to perform in your social circles to be loved and accepted and not rejected by society. And then there's other-oriented perfectionism, which is when those expectations that you have for yourself get pushed out onto other people and you have these really high standards and expectations for others. You know, think of the inner critic becomes this external critic in this situation where you project your perfectionism and expectations of perfectionism onto other people. And you can see how this can become a very big problem in controlling other people to live up to your high standards of expectations. And when we think of, you know, idealizing someone in like a mirroring of what you want uh, on someone, you know, you're, you're putting someone to the standards that you are. And as soon as that person doesn't live up to that standard, you know, it, it becomes a problem. Um, and then that person might try to start to control you or start to really nitpick at all these things. And you can see how, you know, if, if a, an abuser has perfectionism and the perfectionism in them can be part of how they abuse you. So perfectionism in terms of being a trauma response, a protective response that occurs often happens when we experience childhood trauma and we develop it as a protective way to ensure ourselves from really getting hurt. And sometimes that trauma can look like abuse where we're actually really criticized for when we fail to meet unrealistic expectations as a child, or maybe our parents are really hard on us. But a lot of times that trauma can look like emotional neglect or perceived neglect or having any kind of situation where your needs aren't being met as a child. You're not getting the regulation. You're not getting the care and the attachment that you need. And I know I've said childhood trauma and we just think of it as family, but I also really want to reiterate that this is a big societal problem and it's reinforced all around you. The American dream, you know, perfectionism, how hard you have to work, uh, how you look, the beauty industry, impossible standards, diet pills, you know, getting richer, climbing that ladder. All of the ads, TV, social media that, you know, are meant to give you self-esteem issues so you strive harder to be a better consumer. And, you know, all of these things are being created in, in the world that we live in and we have to 
also start really looking at that as well. It's getting reinforced and we're all in this loop uh, of perfectionism, capitalistic society as this collective has really given us this collective trauma response. And as I said before, some might have it more than others, but, but it is there. So with all these things, so you start to turn inward to put a lot of pressure on yourself to be perfect and to perform so that you begin to believe at this really deep level that if I make myself good enough, if I make myself smart enough, if I make myself perfect enough, then I can get the care and the attention that I need to stay safe, to stay regulated and to be loved. However, and this is a however, the catch with that is that you can't really win by doing this at all. Because when we change ourselves internally, we're not really changing the people around us. So we still continue to not get those needs met. And then we have to work even harder to be even more perfect, to put higher expectations on ourselves because we're grasping for this connection that we need emotionally and physically, and we just need this support and we're not getting it and we still don't get it. So that voice, that harsh critic voice in our head really can start to get louder. It can get really ugly and harsh. Uh, and the perfectionism within us starts to grow and it gets stronger and stronger and the more it grows and the stronger it gets, the more stress, you know, that can happen, the more pressure that can happen. And that's a really tough place to live. At this point, you're, you're being your own abuser and not really knowing it. And people are going about this for their whole entire life. You know, this voice in your head is abusive. It's an abusive voice, this inner voice of ours. And it's not coming from a place of truth or honesty. You know, this voice you could have inherited from your caregivers, your family, friends, society, sometimes even teachers. You never know. You know, the people that you surround yourself with. We hear a lot of people who do inner child work. They're trying to replace that voice to someone who is caring and understanding that nurtures the inner child in a way that it never got nurtured before. You're trying to thwart your inner critic that way. So for me, you know, when it comes to many aspects of my life, you know, doing this process and researching perfectionism, this hit home pretty good, everyone, you know, in aspects of my life, I have these issues, but specifically when it comes to this show and creative work, it's not easy. And I also am being pretty self-serving right now when doing this little part. So no one sends me any comments um, if they don't like the show, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm laughing about that. I had that in my notes there. But anyway, for the most part, you know, I like to call the style of work that I do here or there, whether it's creative work or anything craptastic. You know, I don't have the capability of being perfect, but I want to be perfect. So I created a style that allows me to not be perfect. You know, it gives me the excuse to just be. 
And for a long time, I felt this works for me. You know, I don't have to be perfect. But in reality, when I started thinking about this, it doesn't work for me at all because I'm still doing work. I'm still operating out of fear. With the show, I operate out of fear. I put out two episodes a week. You know, before I listen and listened and edited this show, I did. At the beginning when I did the show, I did it without headphones when, when I was editing. Then one day I put them on. I was horrified of what I heard. You know, I went down a rabbit hole right there. Then I got eventually... Um, better headphones. And after I got better headphones, I was even more horrified at all of these little things that I was constantly missing. Every little ping and scratch hurts me. And I couldn't make anything perfect, no matter how hard I tried or wanted to, you know, you know, things just were out of my control and all these little things, weird electronic sounds, they were all hurting me. And you know, when editing, it's a painful exercise a lot of times because I'm trying to be in this mode of getting everything correct and and right and, and, and perfect. And I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself, putting pressure on myself to get things done on specific times when in reality, that doesn't even matter. And I've created this kind of a little bit of a prison for me in, in that way. And at the same time, my standards of what is good or what is bad or or how to help people tell stories as like I'm putting undue pressure on, you know, everyone that's coming on the show. And it was hard for me to realize that uh, until now, you know, because I want the best possible show. But at the same time, I'm putting pressure on, you know, people who've gone through trauma and that's not right. I can now kind of see certain situations where I'm like, I could have, you know, I, I, I had a problem. I could have done better. Um, when I get into these modes of the pressure and trying to be perfect at certain things, a lot of the times things start piling up because you, you freeze and I freeze and then things don't get done and then things get put to, then it just becomes a whole different ball game and kind of like game over in, in your brain. And, you know, it's like, okay, brain, you know, you, you failed me, you know, I didn't live up to this. And then you kind of feel, you know, bad about yourself. And then even when you put something out, you start second guessing certain things. I don't know if it's, this is done right. I don't know if this makes sense. All these things can happen to me when it comes to my own perfectionism and there are so many projects that I've never got started that I told people that I would, that I promised people, got people to send certain things in, never saw the light of day. And, you know, they just don't happen because sometimes I'm like, it's not fitting this perfect criteria that I've had laid out in my brain. And when it doesn't fit that, it just kind of goes away. And then all of a sudden it's just gone. And then I pray that no one <laughs> bugs me about it because if you remind me of these things that I haven't done because it didn't fit into this thing, um, it just reminds me of how I failed or failed someone or, um, you know, that just kind of shoot me down another hole again. And I really started to 
think about a lot of these things when putting together this episode, but that's me, everyone. I don't know if that happens to you, but that's just kind of an example specifically with the show uh, and, and, and perfectionism and me. You might have your own examples, but you know, as this works for me, and I'm sure for others, you know, perfectionism can be very debilitating is what I was, I guess, trying to point out with my example of myself there, because the expectations that we put on ourselves are not attainable and we, and we can't get there. You know, perfectionism is like a bar that just keeps getting higher and higher and higher, and you'll never actually meet the bar with perfectionism and that shuts us down to avoidant behaviors, procrastination. It pushes us into trauma responses of freeze, burnout, overwhelm, because it puts so much stress and, you know, so much pressure on us that you, that we just shut down. And, you know, the other day that that happened to me, you know, I just, I kind of just shut down. So the other day was a big shutdown, but other days can be, you know, me not answering emails and continuously not answering emails. And then these emails just start piling up and piling up. And these are my mini freezes that are going on. And according to researchers, you know, high rates of perfectionism, uh, especially self-oriented perfectionism, the inner critic voice and self-judgment can lead to severe mental health consequences, depression, anxiety, social anxiety, burnout, you know, lack of satisfaction in life, feelings of low self-worth, you know, low self-esteem. And for everyone out there, you know, you might just be dealing with perfectionism, and all of the things that go into that and all of these different types of pressures. So if you combine this, you know, PTSD perfectionism trauma, which is what researchers say or call it, PTSD perfectionism trauma, according to researchers, it makes you less resilient in experiencing other traumas in the future. So, you know, there's one thing when you're dealing with perfectionism just by itself, but when you start to deal with other sorts of things that are going on in your life. There could be other traumas, emergencies, things like that. You're already in this really heightened state of pressure. You're already in this heightened state of possible hypervigilance on yourself. And, you know, you're not in a calm or relaxed state at all. So when it comes to perfectionism, you're living in this high state of threat and then another threat comes on or another situation in your life might come on and it could send you into a deeper hole of dysregulation, numbing out behaviors, uh, addictive type behaviors, and that's just going to get harder and harder to pull yourself out of the deeper and deeper you go into trying to self-soothe yourself in, in, in any sort of way, freezing or hiding. So when you're already dealing with perfectionism, you, you're already in this really heightened state of, of threat. So when another trauma comes along, you know, the perfectionist is very threatened and very triggered by a loss of control 
And that leads to a stronger reaction, not just emotion, but physically inside the body of a perfectionist. And they could have a lot of, you know, numbing out behaviors, eating, more TV watching, shame might come up, uh, you know, a lot of coping mechanisms. And it just becomes this really big, deep loop. And I think a lot of people... Uh, with perfectionism, it's so deeply ingrained that they don't even recognize that what's going on is perfectionism. And it's just, this is the way I am. This is how I operate. You know, you don't know any different that you've been, because you've been operating like this your whole entire life. And, you know, this is just, the being really hard on yourself is just a way of, being it's how you are so it's for a lot of people who might be listening to this who might not think that they have any sort of perfectionism in them you know this might really hit home right now and it's something that a lot of people don't even recognize that this has been part of their life their whole life and hopefully this can you know make you understand yourself a little bit better to understand like oh that's why I do this. That's why I feel like I can't relax. You know, I'm always putting pressure on myself. You know, I'm going to therapy and I'm trying to relax in therapy, but now I'm trying to be perfect at therapy and that's not relaxing. So there's all of those things that could be going into it. And all of these things, as I mentioned before, can, can lead to shutdowns, burn, burnouts. So when you think about this, you know, researchers say that, you know, perfectionism is like having a low-level chronic stress that eventually can become a high stress. It's always pulsing underneath you, this low level of chronic stress. And that's a huge danger for your whole entire life. Inflammation, emotional suppression, as I said before, burnout, migraines, fatigue, mental health collapses, disease states inside of the body can grow. There's a cost to not taking care of this perfectionism that's in a lot of us that we grew up with as this childhood trauma response and its protective response. So this is a childhood protective response, but it is also a trauma response to society expectations as well. So perfectionists are always in these types of perfectionist loops, very rigid expectations or very high expectations of yourself and others, a perfectionist loop. When you experience anger and shame, when you think you're not living up to, you know, society expectations, your expectations, expectations of someone else, perfectionist loop. Emotions are linked often with your performance, perfectionist loop, you know, Work excessively long hours to prove yourself and to get your self-worth. Perfectionist loop. Disordered eating. Perfectionist loop. You know, periods of working incredibly intensely and then crashing. If you find that you crash a lot, like after work projects, after social events, you know, after something that you've been preparing for, you know, tests, things like that, if things are always followed by like a crash, then you're likely experiencing some perfectionist loop. Uh, being really obsessed with to-do lists, checking all the boxes, you know, obsessive editing, like I do sometimes, perfectionist loops. 
So let's talk about regulation or dysregulation. Do I show up dysregulated for this podcast? A lot of the time I do. I, I, maybe I, I do it all the time. You know, I work from a state of anxiety. I can get triggered by stuff on the show a lot. Um, I'm operating the sound. I'm trying to listen to the person and follow notes. I'm trying to be great at everything I'm trying to do. I may not be in a great mood to begin with. Um, I'm on a schedule and I might be thinking about how to do everything, what could be done better. I'm trying to be there for the person who's on the other end as best I can and to not disappoint them. I'm also trying to put on the best show possible in possibly projecting my own um, you know, perfectionism onto other people on how they tell their stories. I'm trying to be in the moment while doing the show, but it's very difficult. I'm always thinking about what is going wrong, what's happening that could be wrong. I'm, I'm looking from um, a place of negativity a lot of the time, out of fear, doubt, putting out the show. Even when I put out the show, I, like, I'm like, I don't know if I've done good and I'm scared of people's responses. And that's why I'm scared sometimes when I get emails from people as well. I worry. I, I worry about all of this stuff. So that's like when it comes to regulation for someone who's a perfectionist, you're kind of, you're ping-ponging in a lot of ways off of these different emotions. You're just in this high state of threat and, you know, you're dysregulated. And I think that's a big difference for people who are like kind of in the moment, enjoying the process of what's going on, not the end goal you know, enjoying the process, you're going to be a lot looser. You're going to not be upset about things. You're, you'll be able to roll about, roll with the punches a little bit more and act in a state of, you know, curiosity and opening where I show up a lot of times in this dysregulated way and, you know, researching everything has really opened my eyes to how much it really does happen. So as I stated before, if you're a perfectionist, you're already showing up with this underlying pressure inside you, this anxiety, this fear. And now these other things can be happening. And especially if you're like me, a Murphy's Law type person of what can go wrong, will go wrong type of person. And you're looking for all these other things that could be happening. You're experiencing them sometimes before they even happen. You know, it can really wreak havoc on you. So now from here, let's talk about limiting beliefs when it comes to perfectionism. So at a deep level, we have these core beliefs that we develop usually very early in our development that are to ensure our needs are met, our survival needs, attachment, love, safety. And it can be very true that if, you know, I don't look a certain way or if I don't perform a certain way, I am not worthy, that I'm not lovable, that I'm going to be rejected, I'm not safe. So when we try to cognitively move beyond perfectionism, it can be really threatening to our survival brain that is still operating under this protective belief that I have to be A, B, C in order to stay safe, to maintain my attachments and my social connections. 
So when you think of limiting beliefs and then you think of perfectionism, you know, you're trying to protect yourself. Like the perfectionism is there to try to protect yourself. That's what this trauma response was created for, to protect yourself when you were younger. And when you think about that and you think about, oh, I'm trying to control this situation. You know, if I control this situation, you know, I'll be okay. But when you really think about that in your whole entire life with perfectionism and trying to control a situation, how has that really worked out for you? You know, how often have you done something so perfectly as best you can that it's worked out where you said, yes, I'm satisfied with this job. Well done. It's never good enough. You know, when you really have perfectionism, a lot of time it's never going to be good enough. It's like you're being your own abuser, that type of trauma response, you know, whatever's ingrained in you from younger that you inherited. If someone was abusing you in that way, and these are the things that happen, you're, you are kind of being your own abuser here, you know, and the way that you're doing things, you think that it's the right way and you think that it's working, but when you really think about it, you know, it, it really isn't working for you. And you have to look at that belief that these things are working for you and realize that you're living at such a high standard of nothing ever being good enough that that's impossible. It's, you're, you're living up to something that's impossible possible and it's affecting you in ways that you haven't really maybe realized yet health-wise when it comes to perfectionism and the limiting beliefs that you might have you know what you're trying to do is really you know shatter an illusion it's like taking you know a brick and shattering the mirror of illusion and it's a really scary thing to do you know to to, to, to do something like that. And, um, we need to chip away at it and, and really not throw that brick at all at once. You need to kind of do this in a slower manner. Um, and I just think there's, there's a lot of ways as an individual, it's important to start to deconstruct this, to start even just to recognize it. And then, I also think as a society, there's the things that we could all collectively look at at how our organizations work, how our constructs work, um, how the different systems we really promote work, and the way that we currently do things work because we're living in this world where perfectionism, as I said at the beginning, is celebrated. And we're living under unrealistic expectations, which then get put into your family. Your family passes it down to you. So you have multiple layers of this going on. And how do we tackle the creation of perfectionism uh, when it's just passed down in society to the stories that we tell, uh, you know, into the family? You know, it, we're all in this kind of perfectionism loop and I think it's all hurting all of us and these things are being perpetuated and created still you know as long as we are in a consumerism consumer-based society you know we are 
all living here in this, you know, quote unquote, as I said before, American dream that has perfectionism attached to working harder to achieve this thing. You know, women are constantly being sold beauty products to make themselves feel terrible about who they are and how they look. But if you use this thing, you know, the ad companies will come in and say, if you use this thing, you know, we'll fix that insecurity. You'll be perfect. We're, we're, we're telling you how to create yourself to be perfect. If you now reach these standards, we're telling you that you are not. Think about how crazy that is. They're creating this in you, this insecurity to try to be perfect. It's not just in your family. It's part of the whole entire social construct and it can move into your family and into you, but there's this big overlying thing that's going on here and it has to do with society and what we're being told and now on top of that i mean really we're trying to be perfect who are we trying to be perfect for you know are we trying to be perfect for you know your parents society to get you know a, a spouse like who are we trying to be perfect for and now social media is only making all of this worse you know, giving the illusions of perfection to strive for, you know, this machine as a whole is really just at this stage of capitalism and consumerism is really killing us big time. And, you know, we just have these goals that are unattainable and we're just never going to be good enough. And it just wants us to strive to be good enough because the more and more we strive the more and more we keep this machine going and you know now it's on us to really unpack everything that has happened with us we start with ourselves and then also maybe try to tackle these big and large issues here too because that's needed because we want a better future for our kids that don't have to deal with this type of trauma that's being pushed upon us. I went through the layers there, hopefully of perfectionism for everyone. I got a little bit into society there. I hope I didn't offend anyone uh, at all. Um, but I think it's important to kind of think about in the society terms as well and how do we kind of combat that, you know, not just um, for us, but for the future future of our world. And anyway, that's that. That's our, my episode here about perfectionism. And I hope you found it helpful and enjoyable. It maybe open your eyes a little. It did for me in researching this. And and uh, that is it. So if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. There you can read all of our instructions and either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our Guest Form and press the Submit button. And please do send it in the format that we ask for. And also, we have a support group. So if you need support, join our support group at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Support Group. When you click on that button, it takes you to our very own safe social network. And inside, you'll see that we have Zoom meetings every Wednesday night, Thursday afternoons, and Saturday nights. We have forum boards for you to post on to get the validation that you need from survivors just like you. You can meet great 
people on there, make friends. And that is at NarcissistApocalypse.com, top of the page. Press that support group button. We'll see you there soon. And that is it for today's episode. I hope you found this episode helpful, and I hope you have a good night.